0: Guernsey Press Sport Podcast, your weekly insight into island sport, brought to you in association with Upgrade Fitness. Coming up on this week's show, we'll reflect on a huge afternoon at Foots Lane for Guernsey Raiders, a fantastic season-defining victory potentially um, for them on Saturday. We'll also reveal the winner of the 2023 Guernsey Press Sporting Achievement of the Year Award. I say reveal, it's on the back page of Thursday's Press. So if you've seen that, uh, you'll know who it is. Um, but an interview with the winner coming up uh, as well as a look ahead to what else is going on over the next few days. My name is Tony Kerr and with me this week is Gareth the Prevost. Hi
1: Tony. With me every week is Gareth the <laughs>
0: Try and be here as often as possible. That's what we like. Um, we've got to start with the rugby. The last Couple of home games uh, that we've uh, seen for Guernsey Raiders. I think Jordan Reynolds described as diabolical mm-hmm. uh, following Saturday's result, um, but a much, much better day on Saturday. In fact, I think probably one of the most uh, enjoyable, exhilarating afternoons of rugby I've seen uh, down there for a while. Um, a victory over Tunbridge Juddian, a seesaw match uh, that eventually
1: finished 29 24. Um, yeah, just trying to sum up sum up that it, afternoon. It, it, it's far more enjoyable once the final whistle's gone on. that. True. When you're sort of like having to defend with a five point lead for the last eighteen minutes of the game, it can get quite tense and nerve wracking. And um, yeah, I actually put out a social media post that night saying, sort of like when you're when you're reporting, but also a bit of a fan as you know, you're, you're Guernsey, you're a Guernsey bias to a degree. Um, yeah, that that last ten minutes or so was. Particularly tense, and there were certain times I was muttering under my breath that I wasn't very <laughs> impressed with a couple of the decisions Raiders were making. But uh, overall, it was just a great win for Raiders. They they really needed it. Um, certainly, I thought uh, the first fifteen minutes, if if you could have almost recorded that and shown the squad, um, right, this is going to be your first fifteen minutes of, of the new year. Uh, play like this for the rest of the season, you wouldn't be talking about a, a side that's fighting relegation because they were they were just really really on it. They came out, they came flying out the blocks, and they were excellent. They weren't trying to do anything, uh, take any unnecessary risks. They weren't doing anything stupid. They were just playing proper, efficient rugby, and they looked at a, a real quality side. And they were making TJs look pretty ordinary. And at the time, you're sort of thinking, are we sure? You know who who's in sixth position and who's in eleventh at the time. Um, and deservedly went eight points ahead with uh, a penalty and uh, the first of Hugo colverhouse's tries. Um, that was one where he proved he's difficult to stop from sort of five to ten metres. And then a little while later, he proved he's very difficult to stop from 50 metres out when a couple of uh, TJ's defenders were left sort of facing the dirt while he galloped off to the line, scoring a brilliant individual try. Um yeah, but that first half was a real seesaw battle. I mean, that first 50 minutes was excellent. The next 20 minutes, Raiders were totally under the cosh. So TJs almost woke up and moved up two or three gears, scored a couple of tries and were suddenly ahead. Um, And that's why I felt the last five minutes of that half was really important in the end because Raiders managed to get back in possession and score two tries, um, which was absolutely vital. It was the second of Hugo's tries and then also Tom Teasdale scored a cracking try, which was made by Sam Boylan's break. And to be ahead um, at the break, it was uh, 22-14. And then to score pretty much immediately in the second half to get to 29 uh, 14 ahead. You're thinking, right? That that's that's a a, a great performance so far. Now hold out, um, and yeah, and the typical nature of the seesaw battle uh, conceded a couple more tries, but um, you're you're going to, as um, Geordie said after the game against a quality side like TJs, you know you're going to come under pressure, and they will find a, a couple of sort of gaps in the defence occasionally. So you you have to almost acknowledge that. But that last ten minutes, the defensive stand that um Guernsey put up and, and certainly sort of like giving away a penalty in the eightieth minute, which was kicked to the corner, and TJs are renowned for their maul and they we didn't allow them to maul that one. They they had to work through phases and the, that set of tackles and just the defensive effort from raiders was absolutely awesome. And it, it was just so so gratifying to hear the final whistle, but they thoroughly deserved um the five points just for just for their gritty and also quality display as well. There were some really good patches of rugby, but they showed sort of all sides of their character and, uh yeah, it was just, it, like you say, it was a great afternoon to be at Foots Lane.
0: Yeah, definitely. My heart was racing in those last 10 minutes. Um, uh, God
1: knows. The camera did seem to sort of uh, <laughs> shake a bit. I think you were getting a bit too uh, excited by yeah, it. Yeah,
0: God knows how Jordan Reynolds was feeling on the touchline. You caught up with him at full time. Um, here's what he had to say um, once he'd found some words.
2: I mean, the magnitude of that game for us is huge. We wanted to come out and make that display. And, you know, we put everything that we wanted in the plan. And then they changed their plan at half time and and, and we, we didn't really expect that. And you saw they're playing off edge a lot more, um, and we had to adjust to that, and that's probably where they caught us out for, for little moments, but, um, you know, that's probably more like our complete performance. I know they scored 24 points or something, but they're not, they're not a, a bad team. But for us to stick out that, you know, finally knocking off one of the top six. And, you know, we've been there about close. The two last performances we put here were diabolical. Um, and we were really upset about that. You know, we wanted to come back and put it in a display. that was worthy of it. And to be honest, when you're coming out of things like this, you've got to face even more adversity. I think that last 10 minutes showed that. Like, we mucked it up. We we turned that ball over right at the end there. and But then the boys just trusted themselves, went back into D and put some shots in and... You know, hugely proud of them. That's it's hard to, to put into to, into words, but I, I think that's probably one of my favourite wins of, of my tenure because because of the importance of it as well.
1: Yeah. How important do you think the last five minutes of sort of the first half were? So you obviously started well, but then we were under the cosh for about 20 minutes. But to finish with a couple of tries at the end of that first half must have been really big for you.
2: Yeah. And um, we we knew we talked about momentum shifts with us, and our momentum shifts are always set around the um, pen count. You saw today we had probably about double their their penalties um, so we knew when they get into penalties they just go into set piece so we had to be really strong in those areas and when we come out in the second half um, it was about coming in that blitz so when they scored 14 points it was all through their set piece and then attack through off that and we just had to make sure so the the change of the guard was um Creeper's turnover and then once we got out of that we were free, so I always think is when you're thinking this is coaching or, or game planning, you got to understand the how you get out. And the how you get out is not trying to do more. It's actually just going back into basics, balls over, and then play again. When we tend to, you know, when we tend to over try, we tend to make more mistakes, and that's probably been a, a problem this season for us.
1: Yeah. Um, in terms of individually, individually there were some huge performances out there today. I mean, certainly uh, Hugo got a couple of tries. So probably, he'll probably get the headlines, but overall, it is, um, there's a lot of immense uh, performances.
2: Yeah, Hugo did really well. I'm glad I picked him at eight today. <laughs> um, I thought James Berger was standing, You know, it's a shame that we had to bring him off at the end, but all right, how, how much has he come on this year? I mean, if you're... We always have to use Tom Sealem as like the guy that was the inspiration, the guy had would go to give it. I think Berger's doing a pretty good job of taking that mantle, you know, um, you know, he's meeting him at halfway, working hard on the park, trying to improve himself. I thought he had an excellent game. is dominant today, Dom, Grieber, <laughs> um, Kieran, you know, Niall, Teesdale played really well at 10, you know. Throughout the lot, they played really well, and, and that was it. it. was And our bench had to come on and make a big difference. I thought JP, when he came on, really got the momentum there. He made some big tackles for us, and it's great to see. Um, you know, like I said, that's a massive, massive five points for us. That is huge. And um, to start the year where we can now, we're up to Isha and back here to Wimbledon. You know, we'll see how the walking wind it is, but, you know, you can play out of things like this. If we, if we lost that today, it could have sunk us.
1: Yeah. I was going to say, the bigger thing now, I suppose, having, once you've enjoyed this one, because you should enjoy a win like this, but is to keep that momentum going and build on it now.
2: Isn't yeah. It? That's exactly right. And, you know, we've got a tough game to go up into Isha, but we can almost look at it like just a build from here. You know, we can do anything. We can do anything. We could get a win. Uh, anything's important to us. You just don't know. Um, a lot of people thought we weren't going to beat TJ's today and we did it, you know, and it was just those little little moments and one of our philosophies this week is the hard work creates the magic, not the other way around. So it's the same thing going into next week, you know, we put the hard work in, the magic will come and, you know, um, then we got Wimbledon which will be probably a defining game in our season so it's really important we play well in both weeks. Jordan Reynolds
0: speaking to you there, Uh, Gareth. um, He picked out some of the players. um, This is quite a long list, actually, of players that caught the eye. I mean, they all put in a shift for sure. Um, For me, the the player, though, and he got a good uh, good review from Jordan there, is James Berger on the day, who uh, was brilliant throughout. But in that last kind of passage of play, where his arm was basically falling (laughs) off, it looked like, from the stand, because he obviously took a heavy hit on his shoulder, was clutching it, was down for a while. Then had to get up and make another tackle, which he rolled off from clutching it even harder. It looked like, and then he, I think he made uh, maybe another one or two yeah. at least after that. It was, um,
1: yeah, it was heroic stuff. Well, yeah, he sort of epitomised the whole Raiders attitude on the day, but certainly in that last quarter of the game. So, like every time play stops, um, you'd look across the field, and typical of like a rugby battlefield, there's always one or two sort of like feeling a few injuries and what have you. You looked over, there's always one person sort of on his knee, just sort of, and it was James Berger, but he he was like just that never say die attitude. He was sort of like, have the trainer come on. Uh, quick, quick sort of icing of the shoulder. Right, I'm back at it, and yeah, he he just put his body on the line over and over again, and it was it was pretty awesome. I mean, to be fair, most of the well, every one of the Raiders players did that. Uh, I thought the pack were really impressive. Um, you know, Brad Webb was excellent. The, the back row, I mean, obviously uh, Hugo Colville scored a couple of tries, and he was he was outstanding. But um, I thought Matt Krieber and Dom Rice as well were just. It, it was just sort of like typically those two guys, you'd never get anything less than pretty much an eight out of 10 performance, whatever. But I think you're pushing nines and tens on Saturday. They were, they were really good. And yeah, I mean, the backs, they tackled really well, but they also showed what they can produce in attack as well. And obviously it was great to see Anthony Armstrong back out on the field. Um, he's one who sort of like to the perhaps more casual rugby fan in Guernsey when they turn up and you just hear people saying is Anthony playing and sort of like when they see him out there it's it's uh, it's it just brings a bit more cheer to the crowd and um, it was just a it was a really good performance just one you hope that Raiders will be able to carry that momentum although they've got really they couldn't have asked for a much harder game to follow up on this weekend.
0: As you say they've got a massive trip uh, this week but I guess it's probably a bit of a free hit isn't it against Isha who are at the top of the table because Um, The two games that follow that definitely uh, sort of, uh, yeah, thick in that relegation battle. Worthing and Wimbledon, um, the two sides they face next. Wimbledon at home on the 27th of January and then a trip to Worthing. Those two sides locked on 23 points. um, Raiders on 29 now with that victory. So um, they've got a little bit of breathing space, but they'll definitely want some more.
1: Yeah for sure. I mean, yeah, Isha uh, as a club are sort of pretty much a national one club just just currently at national 2. They they've, they've yo-yoed a bit in the last couple of years, but um they they have got quality sort of throughout their side. So, yeah, I mean, why not see that as a bit of a free hit? If if we if we play well, we'll be going there as underdogs and you know, that's that's often a good thing for Raiders. They they often um enjoy that tag and, and like to knock knock the the top dogs off their perch a bit. But um, certainly coming back home against Wimbledon, that is going to be a massive, massive game. And you just hope... that Raiders will go into that with, you know, fingers crossed, might actually have a couple more back. We've still got a few guys sort of on their way back from injury. Hopefully we get a couple more back in the squad for that one, but also get a, a big crowd down there and, and just produce the same performance as they did against TJs. And, and you'd have thought that that should be good enough to beat Wimbledon. But um, yeah, it's uh, it's still, I mean, one win is great, but you want two or three sort of like to come within the next five weeks, really, just uh, ease a few, uh, a few nerves. Yeah,
0: get that next home game in your diary, three o'clock kick off on saturday the 27th of january against wimbledon same with rugby gareth uh gunsy raiders ladies were also in action um on saturday afternoon at footstain more on that in a moment um so jacks were away and had a bit of, bit of a, a huge tussle themselves to keep their uh, to keep their perfect record
1: yeah, sort of. Uh, it was the result sort of result that shows that not every club that comes over here to play St. Jacks brings their strongest side. Because uh, when Tatonians Seconds visited Foots Lane, they lost by over a hundred points back earlier in the season, but they obviously weren't at full strength. And a club like Totonians you know, is going to be pretty strong when you play them at home. And uh, St. Jacks ended up um, trailing by eighteen points at half time to Tatonian Seconds, but a brilliant second half performance. They scored twenty six points, St. Jacks. Uh, they managed, uh, they managed to edge it 33-32 so it was a real thriller there um, but that showed great character and desire to get back into that game obviously I think St Jack's were probably going to be relatively rusty they haven't had an outing for, for several weeks now so yeah um, they, uh, they probably went there knowing that they needed to find a bit of form in the first half but yeah it gave them, they had a bit of a mountain to climb I think Tetonians were very good in that first half but uh, it was great to see St Jack's get back to winning ways obviously they, they'd lost their last game um, in the top of the table clash so uh, they just needed that one to, to get, back on, get, ba- get back on track as they looked for another promotion
0: Yeah well done to them for that result and well done to Guernsey Raiders ladies um, player Fiona Power who brought up 100 appearances for Guernsey Raiders ladies on Saturday I'm a heavy defeat for them but a special afternoon um, for her yeah the first player to uh, bring up a century for the club and I spoke to her after the game to find out what it meant and uh, well how rugby's changed in those 100 caps yeah I think congratulations 100 caps just tell us what it meant to be out there today
3: uh, it was absolutely overwhelming, uh, an absolute honour to play with the team. And uh, yeah, okay, we didn't get the win, the win that we wanted, but we just kept powering on and we just kept fighting. And it's an absolute honour to play with the team and play for 100th cap here. So yeah, absolutely brilliant.
0: Yeah, when you think about to, to when you started? How much has changed in, in women's rugby in Guernsey? Uh,
3: at halftime, when we played at uni, we used to have cigarettes and beer at halftime. So yeah, it's changed a little bit. We don't do that anymore. So uh, it's a little bit more professional you'd like to say but back then we just pitched up played we didn't even practice we, it was all very very uh developmental at that stage and since i've been playing over the years the structure's got so much better it's a lot better with grassroots rugby and the academies and everything getting all these people coming to play uh from start to finish it's absolutely amazing to watch yeah
0: because you're but, playing alongside a lot of young players yeah. now um uh, yeah Lopez players kind of finding their way in the game how much uh does it mean to you to be sort of there alongside them to kind of help them into the sport
3: i just want to be able to keep up with them really i mean they're absolutely brilliant uh the the standard of play um we may have lost today but the girls fight really hard they train really hard they're jelling really well together and i think that you know as we go on as a team, we're just going to develop. We're just going to we start winning games and it's just going to make a big difference. But watching them all develop from this big to this big and now running right past me is absolutely brilliant to watch. So, yeah, I'm all for it. And just finally, 100 caps for you. And hopefully, some of these young
0: players will, will get to that mark and go beyond it. Have so. you got a few more in you?
3: Oh yeah, I think so. Yeah, I'll keep going until you know I can't anymore. So yeah, I've got to keep going. So, awesome. well, yeah. congratulations! Thank you.
0: Fee Power there speaking to me uh, after their game on Saturday, and uh, yeah, it doesn't sound like she's done yet. So uh, yeah, congratulations to her on 100 caps for Guernsey Raiders Ladies welcome back our thanks once again to upgrade fitness for their support of the show um now let's come on to our sporting achievement of the year award gareth uh it's uh well it's the big one uh in award season as we said <laughs> last week well we've had the guernsey sports commission awards haven't we uh fantastic night there last week we've got the ci sports awards to come uh, but yeah the guernsey press sporting achievement of the year award um very much domestically focused uh the top uh, domestic performer of the year um it was won by rugby player anthony armstrong last year for his um back-to-back man-of-the-match performances in the Slam Cup, uh, away and at home, uh, which was phenomenal. And this year, Gareth, it's gone to someone um, who also had a spectacular week in the summer.
1: Yeah, um, I think it was always likely to come from a, an Ireland Games participant because it's such a memorable week. And um, I mean, who else really could it be when someone who's gone and won sort of six golds, um, with most of them in record times, Um I think... Just that in itself would probably have all Arabia's pretty much our winner anyway. But to me, the fact that she sort of went into 2023 with an ACL injury, um, you know, any sportsman or woman who is injured and, and those three letters ACL just sort of like you just think they're going to be out for months on end for her to produce what she did in in the Ireland games, you know, with her with her knee, not 100 percent, obviously, because she actually had surgery after the games. It's just a phenomenal performance, and um, she's such a down to earth girl as well. It's just uh, she's got uh, um, she's very humble, and it was just great to be able to present our award to to someone of of, her ilk.
0: Yeah, and we did that poolside at Shore, of course, looking quite different to, to how it did back in July. Um, but, well, nice, warm, uh, <laughs> warm, humid place um, to do an interview and to present an award uh, while it's freezing outside. And we took the opportunity to uh, sit down and have a quick chat about the Island Games, uh, what that meant, and also swimming in general. Ola, many congratulations uh, on the, the award. Um, first of all, how does it feel to add your name uh, to that trophy?
4: Yeah, it's pretty special. I was just looking at the names on it before me and to see like some incredible athletes on there, such as like Mayor Letizia, like and, and, and Armstrong, who won it last year, and like Andy Prio many years ago, it's pretty special. And to have like another swimmer on it, because Christina Neves won it a couple of years ago, it's, it's pretty special to have it again.
0: Yeah, awesome. And we're sitting poolside at Shore, obviously a little bit different um, to the setup from July. Uh, I mean, when you think back to that week in here, um, what what kind of emotions and, and memories does that stir?
4: Yeah, I think it's a memories to last for a lifetime for sure, like unforgettable um, time with like my friends and my sister as well, which is pretty special to do that. And to be honoured, like in the way I was at the Gandhi Island Games, I can't really complain. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a very good week. Um, it's amazing. When you're outside at both of George during the Island Games, you can hear the atmosphere in here all of it. But when you're actually competing, I mean, does that drive you on? Can you actually hear it when you're sort of in the middle of a butterfly heat or anything like that?
4: Um, I'd say you can definitely, um, it's funny enough in the 200 metres bus by final um, one of the guys up on the balcony had like a horn and every time I turned I could hear this horn I was there <laughs> like you kept me going and made me make the island record. <laughs> yeah it's
0: a good sign if it had gone very quiet you probably would have known that you've been sort of trailing behind.
4: Yeah that's for sure but um, to have the horn and then also you, you can also see the crowd thankfully when you like breathe on the side and everyone's cheering you on from both sides it's yeah definitely you can hear it and you can see it.
0: Yeah, and obviously the build-up to Guernsey 2023 had gone on for some time before we finally got there um you managed to come away with so many medals but talk us through the sort of injury worries you had in the build-up and, and the, the surgery you had straight after because i guess it could have been quite different
4: yeah no it definitely could have um, um fortunately in october in 2022 i tore my acl playing netball at work <laughs> which which is not a sport i usually play um and yeah so i had the went to the surgeon they were like you have two options really. You can either have the surgery straight away and you might be fit enough for Island Games or you can try and re- rehabilitate it and it should stay strong enough to swim. And thankfully I wasn't a breaststroke swimmer where I required the use of my knees were. so I was able to train up towards the Island Games, keep it going. I like, can't thank my physios enough for getting me through there and getting me there they deserve those gold medals as much as I do really
0: yeah I mean when that injury happened um obviously you know people in everyone in Genzi sport would be looking ahead to the island games for so long um what yeah was it kind of a bit of a realization that maybe all that training and stuff might might begin to waste
4: no definitely I think it didn't really sink in until like he fully told me that I tore my ACL I think people were panicking a bit because they all knew I was a keen swimmer and they knew I really wanted to get in the team but yeah definitely did hit me reality hit me hard that day when i fell down but um i can't believe um like a dream came true pretty much in the Island games i didn't even really notice it literally until the very last race that my knee was a little bit sore but yeah to go into surgery pretty much the week after and pretty much 100 percent back to where i was To just now taking time to get fit again it's pretty special yeah it's
1: really good to hear yeah. when you come into a home island games i mean you're bound to be nervous i mean everyone would be nervous but once you sort of like had a great first night certainly in the pool and whatever and it's such a packed schedule do you just sort of like ride the crest of that wave for the rest of the week thinking great start just keep it going now
4: no absolutely i think you just have to like keep a positive mindset as well and like a forward looking as because uh it's a long week unfortunately like it's uh Four intense days of swimming where you spend like at least seven hours on the pool and I'm racing at least two, three times a day in the in that pool at like maximum pace. So yeah, you definitely have to keep a positive mindset and keep like the first day was amazing for me, so definitely I just kept that attitude going for the whole week.
1: The big question is, do you know the words of sanya Cherie now?
4: <laughs> I think I definitely I'm not did. Ask you to prove it. <laughs> No, I think I definitely did know it towards the end of it. I I think that was one of the things in um, Gotland in um, 2017. We were told, like, you need to know it just in case you stand on the podium. I wasn't expecting to in Gotland, but surprisingly I did. And I, we were a bit stumbled for words at the top. <laughs> so I definitely learnt my lesson for this Games, for sure.
1: <laughs> and just looking ahead now, I mean, do you set yourself any particular goals? Obviously, Ireland Games is a great thing. Certainly swimming is, is a fantastic thing in Ireland Games. Um, but... This isn't an Island Games year. Have you got anything planned for for this year in particular?
4: Um, I think the aim for this year really is just to keep my fitness up. Um, we have to qualify for the Island Games in this year, so to be selected for the team for the following year. So definitely just to keep my times up and just try and maybe do other sports I might haven't been able to do for the past year. Not not, not netball. No, no, not <laughs> netball, but um, maybe just do some running as well. I signed up for a half marathon in September, so um, we'll see if I can make a runner out of me as well.
0: <laughs> yeah, and further ahead then, it sounds like you've uh, got one eye on Orkney. What are the motivations like, motivation levels like for you to, to carry on as an Island Games athlete?
4: Yeah, it definitely is. I think the whole team aspect of the Games is very um, special to us, for sure. Like, it's very rare. As swimmers, you always go and compete by yourselves. Like, you might do a rare relay as part of your like, club team, but it doesn't happen very often. Often, unfortunately, so definitely the whole team aspect of the Island Games definitely like motivates me towards to do it again, and it's just good fun for sure.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that's one of my kind of favorite memories of the, of the games, actually seeing you guys celebrate with, with Sarah, uh, your coach, uh, after the relay, one of the relays. Um, yeah, how much it meant to you guys. And you mentioned as well before about um, how special it was to have your sister in the team as well. Uh, yeah, as you say, that, that, that's one of the kind sort of standout things of the Island Games. And um, yeah, how special was it to, to, to do it with that kind of tight knit group that you had?
4: Yeah, definitely. I'm like very good friends with Laura and Tati as well. And so when we on that final night, when we on the final event, when we managed to pull away that win for us was pretty special. And Ailish had unfortunately hadn't been in any of the finals throughout the week. So for her to have this opportunity and come and prove herself to win that gold medal and then to also take away the island games record as long as our own island record. Yeah, it was a I think we were a bit teary and emotional. If, I remember like getting down on my knees and, like shaking her like we got the record we got the record and and yeah I think my mum was a bit close to tears as she was um, presenting the medals on the poolside she, I think she was really happy as well.
1: With the whole Island Games atmosphere obviously you know what it's like to be in, in the pool area at Island Games but did you find sort of going out and wandering around Guernsey and what have you people recognising you and just just the whole atmosphere of the game sort of like people just chatting about sport for the whole week did it sort of take over your life for that week?
4: No, definitely. So um I fortunately got to go watch one of my friends um played tennis in the final on the Friday, um, after we finished swimming and it was really um it was really nice to watch the other sports and see how they um performed. Um yeah, and everyone was like congratulating me saying like well done for the week it was yeah, it was pretty special and like especially at the closing ceremony as well. Um I think I had a photo taken but I pulled out all my medals and everyone was like, Oh my god <laughs> yeah. um, it's quite it's quite rare obviously in many other sports where you can get so many medals so to like I think people were a bit shocked at the medal total I had. But yeah, everyone was so happy for me and really supportive. So, yeah, especially especially work as well. Like they were very um, proud of all of our achievements of every athlete who competed at the Island Games.
0: Yeah, I think that shot of you with the medals is one of the standout images of the of the Games (laughs) for sure. Um, And in terms of swimming as a sport and and kind of, you know, the aspirations of young swimmers now, um, there's a lot of uncertainty around the Commonwealth Games, which of course you competed at uh, before. What, what's your kind of view at the moment in terms of, of the goals that are there for young swimmers in Guernsey? And uh, yeah, is, is there a, a lot of desire amongst the, the, the guys that you know to, to push on?
4: No, definitely. I think sarah has been um, really good in encouraging um, young swimmers to compete more at like a regional and national levels and get on those development squads where maybe when I was like 14, 13, like, we I didn't really go away that much. I maybe went to our county championships, but otherwise we haven't... Um, been able to do it and i think also with swimming like unfortunately the, the sponsorship is not as big enough as other sports so it's a lot of self-funding like for me to go away all before commonwealth games and everything like that was quite a lot of money but um definitely i think the encouragement to go off island and compete because it's only a small pool and to go to those big uk competitions such as like the nationals and regional levels it's definitely like really important and i think sarah my coach has done an amazing job in encouraging people to do that
0: Yeah, I mean, it would be a great loss if the Commonwealth Games doesn't happen again. You know, so much pride in Guernsey athletes representing the island at that level. But do you see it almost as potentially if one door closes? Yeah, that that other door uh, is there open and and then we should look to kind of move through it.
4: No, definitely. I think um, I would love to go do the Commonwealth Games again in um, wherever it may be. And hopefully it will continue to be in games every four years but I think also just having those opportunities for the younger swimmers to go off island and compete is definitely very important and it's a good learning aspect of it as well like for me as a younger swimmer when I went to the island games the first time the biggest competition I ever went to was like Hampshire or regionals where you compete against like maybe the top 20 best swimmers in the country maximum but to go to like the island games where you're also competing internationally I think having those um, bigger competitions in the UK definitely prepares you more for them.
0: Yeah, and just going back to the next few years, then obviously we've got Orkney next year. Faroe Islands, it looks like, are stepping in for two years beyond that. I mean, do, do you see yourself being a kind of a lifetime swimmer, like someone like Tom Hollingsworth?
4: Um, I definitely plan to do Orkney, um, that's the plan so far. But I'd, who knows in the world where I'll be in um, 20... 27? Se- <laughs> yeah, so um, yeah, like Faroe Islands, I think would be a pretty cool island to go to, but um, no hopes on that at the moment but hopefully you never know what will come around i i wasn't expecting to swim after 2023 but i've definitely had motivation for orkney now so who knows <laughs> oh, well, we'll wait
0: and see congratulations yeah. again and uh, yeah all the best with the, the year ahead
4: thank you very much
0: all arabi speaking to
1: gareth and i there yeah congratulations to her very very well deserved yeah, and um, I, I will reiterate what I said to all after we finished recording. That uh, it's only during the festive period when we were doing our Island Games memories that uh, I realised from the last two Island Games, there's been eight days of swimming, and on five of those days, Guernsey have won gold, and I reported on the other three, and well, I was not there for the for any of the gold medals. So I was obviously a jinx for three of those days. So. I don't know whether to promise not to be at poolside in Orkney or not, because I'd love to see Guernsey win a few golds there. But uh, if it means me not being there means they win gold, perhaps I won't be.
0: Yeah, well, we can maybe dip your toe uh, get <laughs> go to one night, and if it goes well, <laughs> we can go back. Um, right, I think that's just about it. Um, quick look at what's going on this weekend. Uh, GFC are back home on Saturday at Footslane looking to put the wrongs right from their defeat away last time out. They host Thatcham Town, at two o'clock kickoff. Um, we'll be right across that one. Uh, and there's another big hockey game.
1: Yeah, on uh, Foots Lane, but on Sunday at lunchtime at 1pm, the the Guernsey women over thirty five's got the next match in their um, national knockout. They host Hampstead and Westminster after they had a really good win away a couple of weeks ago. Um, So that'll be really one to look forward to. The the local leagues are sort of like uh, coming towards an end now. Um, Puffins kept their winning run up last week. And are now, right on the verge of winning the the women's league, and Colombians also won again in the men's division, which takes them even closer to the title. But, yeah, there's some big representative games coming up. There's an over-35s game this Sunday, and then the the men are at home in in their um, uh, national knockout uh, on the 17th of February, I believe. So, um, yeah, some big big matches coming up at the Hockey Club.
0: Yep, looking forward to those. Uh, we'll leave it there then. Thanks very much to Upgrade Fitness for their support of the show. Uh, much appreciated. Um, the best way to support what we're doing here at the Guernsey Press is pick up a copy of the paper six days a week where you'll find the very best local sports coverage. Cheers, Gareth. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Tony.